Haley Freakins is open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Picard. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and T. Earl Grey Decaf? You've changed, man. I don't even know who you are anymore. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. How are you? Um, you know, I'm great. It's the first week of class, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy that Picard's finally premiered. <laughs> uh, are you shook? Are you shooketh? I, you know what? That's the perfect word for it. <laughs> All right. Well, we took will, it right uh, out of my mouth. <laughs> we'll get into it. We need to get right into it tonight, and we will. But first, I want to explain to any new listeners why this show is called Discoverage other than it just being my brand of terrible punnage. Uh, we started this show, Ella and I, with the premiere of Star Trek Discovery a while ago, and we've done a live show more or less for every episode of Disco and both seasons of the Short Treks. And when we started, uh, that's all there was, this new chapter in the Star Trek universe, Discovery, but that's not the case anymore. There was a lot of new Trek headed our way, and we knew that we'd have to exp expand our remit beyond just Disco and make this show an all-encompassing show about new Trek. Uh, we just don't have a new name for the show because I like dumb puns too much. But, listeners, if you have an idea for a new name for the show that encompasses all of the new Trek to come, let us know. Tweet it to us at at E-I-S-T-P-O-D, and maybe we'll kick it around if it's a bad enough pun. Also, joining us on the show tonight is a musician and a podcaster, the host of the Virtual Theater Podcast, the Pro Wrestling Required Viewing Podcast, and my co-host on the Backtrekking Podcast. It's Gooey Fame. Gooey, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's good to Picard's have you. Picard's gone uh, soft. <laughs> what's that? Picard's gone soft. Decaf. Uh, he's soft. Uh, <laughs> can't take, can't take it anymore. I mean, I didn't think he'd be drinking cold brew, but decaf. Come on. Uh, I always ask new guests to the show how they first discovered Star Trek. How did you become a Star Trek fan? Uh, I became a Star Trek fan early on from just seeing my my dad watched it. He was a big uh, watch a lot of sci fi on TV, yeah. and it. I didn't become a fan then, but it like imp implanted on my brain, you know. Sure. And then about ten years ago, when uh, when Netflix put all the Star Trek on there, I like binge watched, you know, all of TNG and Deep Space Nine, and you know, watched all the movies and the original series. And yeah, yeah I've been a fan for about a decade now. <laughs> I'm trying to think of so, it's just so weird, like being a super fan of something or a real stan, as the kids say. And, like, things that are just, like, around, like, when you're a kid. Like, things that you absorb and you just go, oh, yeah, that's I know that thing. And maybe you have some familiarity with it. But oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what that spark is that sort of flips you over into, like, okay, I'm a huge fan of this now. And I got to see everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like it felt like a, like something being unlocked or, like, unraveling. You know what I mean? Where it's like, <laughs> ah, I get it now. You know, like... I used to think my dad watches this weird show with the alien with like big ears. And now it's like, oh, I, I get, I understand my dad now. Yeah. And then you were activated. activated. Uh, oh. <laughs> Perfect. Start karate kicking everybody. Uh, you, you've been the host of uh, two Star Trek podcasts. Uh, you're the host of uh, the co-host of Existence is Futile and you're on backtracking with me. Yes, yeah. So I, I feel like even though I've only been a fan for a decade, I'm I'm qualified to talk about Star Trek. 
Oh, I, yeah, I think so. Um, I, <laughs> you, you've got the you're, you're a Star Trek podcaster. You're a wrestling podcaster too. So was there a moment for you like Star Trek where it was like, oh wow, I, I'm a huge wrestling fan. I gotta I gotta make a podcast about this. Uh, yeah, I I, I was similarly activated. <laughs> Except I was <laughs> I was a fan as a a kid, and then sure. when I grew up, I was like, I remember loving this, and then I was like, gonna dive deep back into it. So yeah, same same situation actually. Do you have? I, I love. Uh, I think you were showing me some pictures uh, a while ago of some wrestlers who were like dressed up in Star Trek gear. Yes, yeah, that happened like uh, l- last year at like a, a pay per view, even <laughs> so that. That was like a big moment, actually. Do you find that there's a lot of crossover between uh, Star Trek and wrestling uh, beyond it's, Sunkatsu? It's turning out to be true, actually. I, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Um, but you know, I think it makes sense that when I've watched, I've been watching some TOS lately, and some of the fights in there just like give me a similar feeling okay. as to like <laughs> watching someone take a good body slam. You know, yeah. I saw I saw Kirk pull off a like. A Hurricane Rana to Khan, I think, in Space Seed. <laughs> I just remember him like beating him with that pipe that he pulled out of the uh, the engineering console. <laughs> but a uh, little foreign object action there. You know what? There was a Hurricane DDT in this episode of Picard. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, series Picard is the second new Trek series of this of this era, not counting the short Treks. What do you think of new Trek so far? Um, I think it's okay. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on it. I like, I like that we're expanding our horizons and trying new things, but, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sometimes a little nervous that trying, it's like trying to be like everything else instead of trying to be something new and unique, but I'm still enjoying it. So, yeah, I think it's so hard to, you know, the, the it's sort of like the, the Bond franchise, you know, how like one family has controlled the yeah. of the Bond franchise for the entire length of it. And like, you know, for the longest time, all the previous Trek series were kind of the same thing, controlled by one person or kind of one company. And now it's sort of in newish hands. And so I think it's I think it would be really hard to recapture exactly what uh, previous Trek uh, shows were. But I think that they have. um They've done a good job so far, and I love the fact that we're getting a show like Picard, which takes us in a, a completely different direction than, than Discovery did. Oh, certainly. Uh, we actually covered an episode of Discovery on backtracking when we talked about Edge of Tomorrow, and we compared it to Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. Yeah, and, you know, that was uh, that was pretty cool. I felt like that was um, trying to be sort of a more throwback episode, though, but it, it did... It did uh, I think it did a good job of, you know, like taking what was fun about old Star Trek, but also making it fun in a modern way. Yeah. Um, it was a classic, uh, classic Groundhog Day. Yeah. Situation. <laughs> Star Trek is not unfamiliar with that. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what our show's about. But uh, people can want to check that out. They can check it out on Twitter at at backtrekking with two, that's a three K's technically, uh, dot com or. Uh, it's on Twitter. Uh, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, we've just seen the premiere of the new CBS All Access Star Trek series, Star Trek Picard. It's an episode called Remembrance. And before we start, uh, as always, we're setting a course for the spoiler zone, listeners. So be warned. We're glad you've decided to join us. But if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. 
The official synopsis for Remembrance is, at the end of the 24th century and 14 years after his retirement from Starfleet, Jean-Luc Picard is living a quiet life on his vineyard, Chateau Picard. When he is sought out by a mysterious young woman, Dodge, in need of his help, he soon realizes she may have personal connections to his own past. The episode was written by, and buckle up for this one, uh, the teleplay is by Akiva Goldsman and James Duff. Goldsman is an Academy Award-winning screenwriter who wrote the teleplay for the premiere of Discovery, The Vulcan Hello. He also wrote several other episodes of Discovery and has directed two episodes of the series. He's collaborated in the past with Disco co-creator Alex Kurtzman, specifically on the sci-fi series Fringe, which was co-created by Kurtzman and his writing partner, Roberto Orci. James Duff is a writer and producer and the creator of the television series The Closer and Major Crimes. And among his many TV credits, he also wrote the first season Enterprise episode, Fortunate Son. The story for the episode is by uh, Akiva Goldsman, Michael Shaven, Kirsten Beyer, Alex Ooh. Kurtzman, and James Duff. I heard a little woot for Kirsten Beyer. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so Alex Kurtzman, we know. Uh, Michael Shaven is a Pulitzer Prize winning author and screenwriter. He co-wrote the short trek Calypso with Sean Cochran, and he wrote the short trek Q&A. He's also an executive producer and is the showrunner of Picard. And Kirsten Beyer is credited with creating the concept for the Picard series. She's also a supervising producer on the show. She wrote two episodes of Discovery and her 12th Star Trek Voyager tie-in novel, To Lose the Earth, comes out in October of this year. The episode is directed by Hanel M. Culpepper, who previously directed the Discovery episodes Vaulting Ambition and The Red Angel, and she'll be directing the next episode of Picard as well. The star date for this episode is unknown, although we know that it's set in the last decade of the 24th century. And here's a few interesting aspects of this episode. This is the first appearance of Jean-Luc Picard on screen since Star Trek Nemesis in 2002, not counting an infographic of Admiral Picard seen in Children of Mars, the short trek. It's also the first reappearance of Data since his death in Nemesis, although he had a voice cameo in 2005 in the series finale of Enterprise, These Are the Voyages. This is the third Star Trek series premiere in which Jean-Luc Picard has the first spoken lines of dialogue. Both TNG and Picard feature an exchange between Picard and Data, whereas Picard has the first lines as Locutus in the first episode of DS9. This is the first on-screen appearance of the Daystrom Institute, and this episode establishes that it's located in ok Okinawa, Japan. And this is the first Star Trek production to depict events taking place after the 2387 destruction of Romulus seen in Star Trek 2009. Uh, if we ignore any momentary depictions of the future, like Calypso or Dr. Burnham's uh, vlog entries or the Temporal Cold War or any alternate futures, there's a lot of time travel in Star Trek. What did you guys think of Remembrance? Oh, you go first. Dewey, <laughs> take it. Um, I, th I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I, I feel like it's still like I just watched it, so I'm still kind of processing some things. And it also is like so early on, like it feels like there's a lot of show still to come. Yeah. But uh, overall, I thought it looked it looked good. It sounded good. Uh, Patrick Stewart is amazing in it. And, you know, it's set up what seems like an interesting story. So I'm on I'm on board. Gooey's on board. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was real. I thought it was a really strong premiere, honestly. I mean, if you want to not to uh, not to throw shade, but if you compare this to the to the first episode of Disco. OK, I, or most Star Trek shows, uh, I feel like don't that's really also true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. I thought it was very strong for for a pilot, especially. 
Uh, comparing it to disco, I wish it was longer. Um, I know that it was have, so short. Yeah, well, I mean, it was you know forty three ish minutes, but just everything that they set up and everything that we know is coming. And I know that it's only ten episodes this first season, and it's envisioned as kind of a ten hour movie. But right away, I was like, okay, great setup. Uh, where's the next part of this? Where's the second half? Mm, I can I can see that too. Like it doesn't it didn't necessarily end in like. Uh, I don't know, satisfying sort of way. Like mm. it, it did have a cool teaser, I thought, but it it didn't feel like this was the end of an episode or a story, you know. But I guess that's you know the nature of this kind of show. Yeah, um, it, the opening is uh, was great. I thought, uh, you know, obviously, kind of coming in um, for the uh, using the poker to sort of connect to all good things, and of course. We see uh, Mars get uh, effed up real bad, and <laughs> it's funny that such a major event is placed. I'm sure we'll get more information, but it's kind of placed in the past of this series. You know, we see very little bit during the car commercial that was uh, Children of Mars, <laughs> uh, and then we see you know just a couple <laughs> flashes and some mentions and dialogue in this episode. But I kind of really want to know, you know, what really happened <laughs> with, with the whole Mars thing. It sounds horrible. Yeah, well, I'm curious. I mean, I don't, maybe I'm missing something, but why? What would the? What's the point of attacking? The, is it just because they're? It's a big shipyard. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, they do mention yeah. that the Utopia Planitia uh, shipyards are are destroyed, and I got the idea that uh, nobody's living on Mars, or at least it's very difficult to live on Mars because things are still kind of uh, popping off and ran rough there. Yeah, I saw what Matt Damon had to go through there. <laughs> Oh my God! No, bring him home. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I Damon, like... colonize that planet. You give him what he deserves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not blue skies. Were... It's it's red skies. Yeah, but now black skies. There is some good, like I feel like connective tissue there, filling in the gaps, like with the, you know, the destruction of Romulus or whatever. But I I did feel like with the the attack on Mars and like the synths thing they're setting up, it feels it felt like. I don't know. It felt like maybe so much of a leap, you know, from where we left off where it it was not bad. It was just a little bit jarring. Like, oh, there are synths now in the world. Yeah, that's something that we should probably try to discuss a little bit. <laughs> um, something that uh, has come up before on Enterprising Individuals. Uh, we actually talked about it a lot last year was the glaring lack of um, of. Uh, artificial intelligence and synthetic life uh, that you see in Star Trek outside of a standout character like Data, who we're told over and over again is the only sentient android. And in other people's futures, you got, you know, you're talking to artificial people and holograms and you got robots and all this stuff. And there are, I mean, we don't have to get into it now, but we've kind of come up with a couple different theories as to why that was just never a focus of storytelling in Star Trek, but that is, uh, it's game on now. Like, we have a major uh, plot point, and it looks like a major character to, which are all connected to this idea of them finally opening the doors and then apparently s slamming the door shut. <laughs> yeah. The Mars thing on uh, synthetic life. Yeah, so it felt like we've already experienced. Like, not only did they figure it out, but then they, like, were like, no, we can't do this. So that's why it felt like this is a lot to process right now. <laughs> yeah, right. And, of course, this is, this is what the action of the uh, show will be as we go on. But I still wanted to, like, 
You're going to mention that, like, synths, like, wiped out Mars, and then that's it in this episode? We're going like, <laughs> to, meet a synth. Maybe we've met a synth. Maybe, well, we know that the guys uh, in the black are Romulans, but it just, yeah, I just felt like, I know it's a mystery, but it's like, come on, guys, <laughs> give me something more than that. <laughs> it's what also, it's it? interesting that, um, okay. sorry, it's Dodge, she was supposed to be, she was like an art, her specialization was artificial intelligence, and then when Picard even computer. said the word android, she yeah. was like, had a horrible. She was like, "You're telling me I'm not real." Like, had this reaction, like, like I, I just think the the vocab is interesting. Like saying <laughs> synth. <laughs> How could a robot can't say dude? <laughs> Good to know that dude has survived to the 25th century. And uh, tragic. <laughs> uh, maybe it's the fact that she uh, understand, or maybe she already had a, like a pre-existing sort of fear of that kind of understanding AI and quantum consciousness. It's like people who use the holodeck a lot. You know, you, you have to imagine that if they have a bad dream or something happens to them, they kind of look up at the ceiling and, you know, ask the computer to turn it off just to check, you know? So maybe mm-hmm. being told that she might be, uh, you know, a, an Android or something like that, was just like extra uh, sort of distressing for her. I mean, yeah, if, you know, I mean, it would be for anybody. But, should, uh, well, I suppose, um, <laughs> I'd like to be able to beat up a million guys and jump really far. <laughs> like, you know what? But, Same. Uh, we should, uh, let, let's, we're kind of moving through the uh, storyline of the show here. So we should probably yeah. talk about Dodge. But first I wanted to mention, wow. Uh, what is the deal with that reporter? Uh, it looks like the press <gasps> is still, still got it going on. Still has fangs in the, in the 24th, late 24th century. She went after him. Yeah, that was I, that was gotcha journalism. Absolutely, it was gotcha journalism. <laughs> well, first we we already know that we're in, in bad territory here because she's got the um, Total Recall uh, lipstick selection. <laughs> so it's like, okay, come on. But then, yeah, she goes right after him, and like, I know that we we need to get like background on the world of the show, but I'm trying to imagine what was the point. Like, what was the story she was trying to put together? What was she trying to get at? Uh, yeah, she just goes after this like beloved figure who, yeah, okay, had one this little old man on his face. I I understand too, like she would probably push it, but but didn't they say like we said we're not going to talk about that, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So I thought there would be maybe a more like subtle into that, but instead it was like, actually, that's the only thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> we're just gonna well, go she right said he that. hadn't given an interview. Like ever, right? So it was the first one. Sure. And then they're also she's also trying to demonize Romulans and since. Yeah. Yeah. She went that, after was, him. that was distressing. Um yeah. Picard says, and it's apparently the reason that he quit Starfleet, is that it it wasn't Starfleet anymore and that he didn't he disapproved of their actions. And so mm-hmm. I have to wonder if did the Badmirals finally win? <laughs> it's the corrupt leadership of Starfleet. Uh, did it lead it down the wrong path? And then to have a journalist just openly be pretty racist uh, against, yeah, a former enemy of the Federation, but just to do that on Federation TV or whatever they've got. I wonder if the the quality or the or the tenor of the, the Federation is, is changing um, in this uh, as they go to the 25th century. Well, you also – I think it's complicated. It's like you have this organization that is meant to be scientific, meant to explore, but then it also kind of has to double as like a, like a wartime fleet. Right. And so 
it's like you can't really have it both ways. You know what I mean? Um, if the show has for 50 years. Uh, I mean, no, but I mean, like, but even then it's like. It's just like it gets complicated, which obviously is the show, but like. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I agree with you, but I, I think it sort of makes sense coming off of, I guess, the last periods we know about in this sort of timeline or whatever is all kind of it is it is all kind of grim a little bit, you know, with like yeah. the war of, with the Dominion and, you know, the destruction of Romulus. It's like definitely a like unraveling a little bit of that of that the piece, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Do you mean like real world? My real world sucks, but now my Star Trek is going to be depressing and suck, too. It is kind of a bummer, yeah. Like <laughs> like that. I mean, I, I get it. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, I like the idea of, like, doing new things. But, uh, the you know, the idea that we've now now Starfleet is just a uh, uh, an avatar for, like, I don't know, the United States is, like, odd, you know? Well, it, yeah, I mean, you know, everybody loved it when it was all fun and, you know, manifest destiny in the 60s. But if you want to keep keep it going, then I guess it has to be what we are now. Uh, in yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the second decade of the 20th, uh, first century. I don't love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's my my perspective, too, would be like if 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 we're going full on, you know, that then the the actual realization would be that Starfleet was probably never good, but that's just me. <laughs> oh, gooey, just destroying the whole thing. First time on the show. Uh, did Picard save any Renans? That's what I want to know. <laughs> that strikes a chord with me because I just watched Nemesis. Yeah, and oh, wow. <laughs> I love you know, those housekeeper vampire guys. And maybe his, his chef is a Reman. Yeah, maybe there there are some that don't look like Draculas. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if they're Tom Hardy, then I guess they're not Draculas. But, uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about the character of Dodge and what we know or what we um, suspect. What really gets me is, and of course, like I was excited about this. I knew we'd be talking about it on this show, and I'd be watching the show, so I didn't really try to um, t- prognosticate about like what the show was going to be or what it'd be like, but I can't believe that everybody was right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everybody was like, Oh, it's, he's going to, she's going to be lol or she's going to be data's daughter or whatever. And it's just like everybody, everybody that guessed that was right. Yeah. Or there's, a, I guess, well, there's a lot of like weird fan stuff that I was surprised, like that they would, feature a lot like i didn't think they were gonna make a big deal out of uh you know the destruction of romulus or like i don't know i just thought like because it was a kelvin thing that it's like we're just not gonna really deal with that but i guess how could you not yeah it'd be tough to i don't think you could just you know hand wave it away i mean it's yeah yeah so i mean but it, it makes sense with that and i guess with the that sometimes, like, the most obvious answer is is the one, I guess. Is the one that it is. Yeah. Ella, did you have any, like, expectations? Did you expect anything, uh, predict anything that would happen? I mean, I guess not. I was kind of trying, I was trying to not guess anything, 
for like for myself just because I was like I want to sit I want to watch it and I just want to know like I want to see what happens I didn't want to try to like anticipate anything that was going to happen yeah um but I also you know I love data sucker for an android (laughs) so I'm pretty (laughs) um I'm excited I guess the thing is that like you guys were saying, the episode kind of ended and it's like the real cliffhanger was really more in the teaser for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I really have oh, yeah. more questions than anything else right now. I, oh boy, um, I'm speaking of what we what we saw near the end and what, what's coming up, um, I feel bad for B4. Uh, <laughs> like Why? Because he's in a drawer? Yeah, well, we, B drawer, yeah. We find out that uh, he... <laughs> the whole uh, memory thing didn't work and then apparently at at some point in the future it's like yeah okay well just take his head off I guess does he not kind of deserve to just vibe in a drawer though it's like you (laughs) you can't do anything in there you're you're, you're not getting into any trouble (laughs) you know yeah I guess so I mean I I, I thought that you know clearly like Gooey can tell us he just watched it but uh, clearly the uh, intent was or at least the suggestion was that B4 would not necessarily be Data, but one day would advance to the point that he would be someone like Data. And there's hope yeah. there. You know, that was intended at the end of the film. And then uh, Akiva Goldsman and everybody else comes in. They're like, no, nope, no, nope, he's dead. <laughs> Didn't work. In a drawer. Yeah, I'm, I did think maybe it made more sense when it was going to be, if it was going to be something they were going to continue not long after it. But now now that we're, you know, a couple decades later or whatever i think it probably just made more sense to go with data flashbacks as far as having brent spiner in the show yeah well also if they shut you know if that whole department is shut down you know he might as why why would he be any any place else but in a drawer i suppose yeah maybe when yeah when they pulled the funding and then outlawed synths they're like hey buddy uh so bad news uh let me get to your off switch here. We're going to have to pull It was like off. a whole yeah, other off. measure of a man, but before lost, and now he's in a drawer. <laughs> yeah. Give him a rabbit to hug and squeeze and play with, and then to the back of the head. Yeah, he's he's, he's down. Um, You know, uh, as far as Dodge goes, I have a lot of questions about, like, what kind of technology your average non-Starfleet Federation citizen has access to. Because we do get a quick scene where the she's attacked in her apartment in um, future Boston, and uh, they you know they say oh no speak English so I guess you know regular people don't have universal translators, and then this whole time they're like oh Dodge you might be a robot somebody grab a tricorder and let's just get this done already <laughs> what's the problem here and then she blows up she's uh, which was blood. very shocking. But also just grab a tricorder and just look at the mist and go, oh, yeah, it's a geranium. That's, she's a robot. <laughs> yeah, you'd think they would have noticed. Maybe that's how uh, advanced they are. I don't know. Yeah, she's like a clone or something weird. Yeah, or she's an organic uh, possibly. Yeah. See, yeah, I, this is why I, I'm frustrated because they drop out. Like It's like it just naming a bunch of different sciences or like phenomena and being like, you know, like that. And then, okay, well, yeah, but what is it, though? Come on. <laughs> When when she blew up, I mean, in the moment it was kind of sad, but I feel like the show moved on from it pretty quick (laughs) because there was like, well, there's a copy of her. Yeah. When you get right. And then like when you have a character be thrown, you know, 20 yards back by an explosion, (laughs) 
Oh my god, I was like, that's an old man. Yeah, yeah. he's (laughs) probably. Well, you know, men in the future of Star Trek live to be like plus one hundred, so maybe he's not that old. You know, relatively speaking, maybe he could take it. Yeah, I mean, he woke up on his couch. They yeah, sent him right up, home. Right. When he wakes up somewhere else, you immediately think, okay, what's the twist here? It, you know, it's a simulation or something, or or more of the black pajama guy showed up and, and kidnapped him, and they're pretending to be his housekeeper, or like, what? Maybe I expect, uh, I'm, I'm a little too ready for, for the twists. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I felt think... like they they just like were like, though, like, she's got a clone, so like, don't worry about her. But then it, I was thinking like, <laughs> I've watched seven seasons and four movies of TNG with Data, and like his death is even in a movie that I didn't think was that great is still, you know, it's like sad. A life ended, you know what <laughs> a I mean? Woman has died. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and they're just like, anyway, they're, uh, good thing we set up that there's clones. We got an extra. <laughs> oh, so do you? Poor Dash. So, so what do you guys think is is going on then? Like, what he are these? Somehow, like mentally, they're descendants of Data, but their bodies are like flesh and blood. Is this Blade Runner 2409? What's going on? I think they it's something about like his like leftover neurons or whatever, where they're they they were made using parts of his brain. So they kind of have like his memories almost, but they're Mm. like their own people is kind of the vibe I got. Okay, interesting. That's like, where the painting comes in. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm sure that, you know, we're going to find out that um, the uh, the synths are, you know, derived from uh, data or before or Sunian uh, technology. Um, we've seen the preview already of, like, people with data eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so well, we'll if we've learned anything from these theories is that the most obvious one is the truth, so... <laughs> Yeah, right. So I'll just go on Twitter and whatever anybody's saying, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Something I absolutely did not expect to hear or see in the show was them to mention Bruce Maddox. <laughs> that was sick. I, I was pumped. Yeah. And the fact that you don't have you don't say a guy disappeared and not plan to have him on the show. Right. Yes. Oh, oh my... he's coming back. Uh, Brian Brophy, the actor, still around, uh, still acting. Um, I went on his IMDb page. There's no entry there, but mm. we know the you know after the Javid Iqbal. Uh, yeah, we've been through this once before. Of, uh, of 2018, yeah, we, we uh, you can't trust that. <laughs> I love the promise of like uh, these side, you know, characters who are only in like one episode coming back, like even more so than like like hey, Seven of Nines here. I don't know. Why? But I love like the idea of like Q came back, you know? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, bring uh, Philippa Louvois back too. I, I like. <laughs> oh my gosh! I like the um, ironic idea that you know Bruce Maddox, a guy who wanted to, to do what they did, you know, rip Data's head off and just get in, get in them guts, uh, might be the guy who is ultimately, you know, the answer to whatever this is. Or he might actually be a helpful force now because he continued to study synthetic life, you know, all these years. Yeah, and by the end of his um, uh, run in Measure of a Man, I uh, I think maybe just when Data kind of extended the olive branch to him, I kind of like 
came over to him a little bit. Like he won me over just in like that last like mm-hmm. line delivery he had where he called data he and stuff. So right. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm I'm full I'm so ready for, you know, Maddox redemption. But yeah, me too. Um Well, I was kind of half thinking like she said he disappeared, but what if he's the I don't remember what um Dodge said her father's name was, but what if that's him? You know what I mean? Oh. Mm. He disappeared to Seattle, uh, where yeah. she's from, I guess. We never saw future <laughs> Seattle. Maybe we'll see that later. It's probably a good way, place to hide away. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, of course, we have to talk about the Romulan reclamation site, which it is revealed is a Borg cube, uh, which they are working on. And I guess we have to wonder what exactly is happening there. Some Borg stuff. <laughs> Borg stuff. It was a cool. All I can say really is, it was a cool visual. I, that was pretty, pretty exciting to see. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what they're, like, what they would need from the cube, like what they're using. Because I feel like you'd only, like, who wants to live and or work on a Borg cube? <laughs> Um, good point. Uh, I, um, <laughs> I I got the impression that there there's probably not a lot of uh, Romulans left uh, in the uh, galaxy. Uh, you know, if we had all these supernovas, and then there, you know, the Armada was uh, something of a disaster. So maybe the ones that are left are just trying to get whatever they can to help their race or to just get some edge. Yeah, that that seems like something they would go for. You know. Yeah, but like, I mean, do we, is... trust, uh, do we trust? Do we trust off-brand Ethan Peck? <laughs> uh, absolutely not. He totally seems <laughs> uh, untrustworthy. Uh, I don't know how I feel. Is it Doctor Asher, the uh, the backup uh, Dodge? Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Sounds right. I don't know what to think about her. I mean, you know, what's she what's she doing here? Yeah, I guess we just got like a little little tease. It's hard to it's hard to really get much from that one interaction well he said that he that she fixes broken people yeah right so like what is that like does she rehabilitate like maybe she has a connection to seven of nine or something yeah yeah broken cyborgs (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. she seems to be aware of a twin it didn't seem like dodge knew that she uh, had a twin (laughs) yeah that was that was a little weird i mean she had a twin but they both have a gucci necklace (laughs) yeah right (laughs) Uh, yeah, which, uh, thank God she took off so it didn't blow up. <laughs> maybe, maybe she has a bit more knowledge about the whole situation or whatever, so it'll be, like, a totally different, you know, thing when Picard runs into her. Yeah. Boy. Um, yeah, there's <laughs> a lot, there's a lot to speculate on. Uh, speaking of which, we did get a, uh, you know, a, a look or a sneak peek at the uh, upcoming season uh, anything cool or good in there you guys wanted to uh, point out? Uh, I like the uh, seeing the old Romulan warbird. Mm. I mean, I'm just ready for Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, I liked I liked seeing uh, Hugh in action for a yeah. couple seconds. Yeah, Jerry Ryan too, of course. Yeah, I've been um, sort of reading those uh, like news articles about um, Jonathan Delarco talking about his return. It's very fascinating. Um, 
yeah, seeing the Rikers was 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 cool. Did you guys hear about? <laughs> did you guys hear about uh, uh, Patrick Stewart going on the View and inviting uh, Whoopi Goldberg to be in Picard? <laughs> no, I did see that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess like <laughs> he, he's been doing the interview circuit, you know, for the show and everything. Yeah. And uh, it was like yesterday or the day before he was on the View, and basically is like, oh, you can come on anytime. And she's like, oh, great. And I feel a lot of news outlets have just taken and ran with this and just announced that she's going to be in Picard. Confirmed. Yeah. I don't see any reason why she wouldn't be, but I don't think we've, you know, we haven't worked out the contracts just yet. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I really like the those characters dynamic. So, yeah, you know, like even more so, actually, than I know Picard and Data are like the two go to's when you think of that show. But I always like the dynamic of picard and guinan a little bit more yeah uh, picard serves as kind of a mentor to data and, and guinan is sort of a mentor to picard but of course he's got a few more uh, miles on the odometer now so maybe um it won't be quite uh, maybe it'll be more of a uh a friendship of, of equals and just i, I just want to see like what like she's not running the the 10 forward on the enterprise anymore so what's <laughs> what's guinan up to uh, it's kind of be something... a, di- a different bar on a different starship. Oh, <laughs> I hope it's something radically different because, like, we see her in like Times Arrow. I don't even remember what she's doing, but she's hanging out with uh, Samuel Clemens. So, <laughs> Mr. Danger, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope she's hanging out with the Mark Twain of the future. Uh, yeah, uh, we also, uh, I like that scene where Picard goes to the, uh, Jedi archives, uh, to check oh my God. out, <laughs> and there's a, um, there's like a freestanding hologram character, I mean, you know, this I don't know if this is just, uh, the development of holographic technology in the future, or maybe the return of Voyager, uh, spurred this, but, you know, we've got sort of freestanding, uh, holographic helpers and, and, and people now, and that just goes more towards, the increase of seeing automation and, and synthetic life. And I don't know why that's, that's okay, but like a synth isn't okay. So wait, let me, okay. So I have a question about that uh, hologram, the index. So when Picard asked her if anybody else had been in his archive and she said, no, do you guys think that she was telling the truth? Because Mm. it reminded me of the scene at the beginning when Picard is like, oh, you have a tell. It's that your eyes are completely neutral when you're, when you're bluffing, oh, you do, yeah. it's your tell is that you don't have a tell. And then he asked her that question and her, she was, and she said, no, but it's like totally neutral. Well, that's a uh, good, good, good guess. Good observation. <laughs> uh, it's uh, if that's true, they should have paid it off in this episode. Cause I'm too dumb to remember that until, <laughs> but yeah, I could totally see that being a thing. I was more concerned with, I guess, I just wonder who told her that the other one was, on his wall at home like yeah <laughs> well she does say i believe but yeah she still oh had okay a, she, she she had a little more information than i guess i'd be comfortable with uh facebook right. knowing yeah. about me did he she converse watched, watched with her interview. about <laughs> picard's always getting uh targeted ads about lighthouses and uh paint yeah <laughs> well uh anything else you guys can think of i think we've uh, been pretty pretty thorough yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for the rest of the season. Yeah, me, me too. too. I like I like the action in it. It was pretty cool. 
to see some some of that in Star Trek, you know. Yeah, and it was <laughs> it's so violent. Uh, you know, she just absolutely yeah. murders everybody, and then uh, a guy uh, she, uh, sprays acid on her, and her face melts off, and then they all blow up. And uh, I know he had like a it was like a it's like he had a cyanide tablet of acid in his mouth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just thought, like, did they just retcon Romulan blood to be, like, acidic or something? Because it was, like, green. Blood, but, oh, my God, yeah. I don't know. I I like the the mystery, the mystery of it all. I'm excited for more, yeah, more of that. I'm excited for his his fellowship to band together (laughs) next episode. (laughs) And my Lerpa, yeah, right. Um, (laughs) I just, uh, somebody... Somebody go buy a tricorder. Come on. <laughs> They'll solve this so much quicker. We just what if she doesn't, it doesn't show up on the freaking security cams if you scanned her. Yeah. Wouldn't she just appear normal? I mean, if she she says she grew up in Seattle, so she grew, she'd been to she'd been to the doctor. I would hope that she'd been to the pediatrician. <laughs> yeah, and then That's like just Dana, how good they are. Data's mom had a circuit or something where they could scan her, and you know, she seemed human or whatever. Like she got beamed around a lot, and so I mean, yeah. it could be something like that. But I think I, we just got done uh, on backtracking, talking about um, the thing, John Carpenter's the thing, and horror in Star Trek, and how it's tough to do horror in Star Trek because everybody's got sensors and ray guns. And so you just go, is it a ghost? Uh, it's not a ghost. It's just a guy in a sheet. And then you just stun him and we're done. And so maybe we're seeing a little bit but of like. But if it was a ghost, would it show up on the tricorder? Oh, now you're scared. Uh, <laughs> but, but I think we're seeing more of what would it be? You know, what's the storytelling like when we don't have the resources of Starfleet when we're, uh, you know. Uh, apart from that sort of thing. But if I was an admiral, I would take, you know, he took his, co- we know he took his communicator home. Uh, take a, take a tricorder home. <laughs> Slip in your pocket. What if your dog is, uh, you know, has, is trouble pooping? You know, you want to scan him, see what's wrong with him. <laughs> oh, the dog. <laughs> the dog. Yeah, that was sweet. Is we, that, uh, is that his actual dog? I don't know. Uh, is that I, an actor? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think so, but uh, Picard, uh, Picard, uh, Patrick Stewart does uh, do a lot of work uh, with charities uh, for animals, and he is an animal lover. And so it wouldn't surprise me if he that was his dog or he had a dog a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we have covered just about everything we can. Uh, so let's call it for this week. Uh, thanks for joining us, listeners. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EIST Pod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage are released. And you can tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag Discoverage or email us at EISTPod at gmail.com. And while you're on the internet, why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show feed? Give us a rating and a review because it really helps us out. And if you want to help the show grow, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. And as always, if you like the show, tell a friend. Discoverage will return on January 30th for the second episode of Star Trek Picard entitled Maps and Legends. We'll be going live once again at 7 p.m. Central, so join us then. You can also follow us on Twitter or Facebook at EISTpod to get notified when we're live and broadcasting. In the meantime, check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every Wednesday, I and a guest discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek sphere and interviews with special guests. Our fifth season 
season premiere is currently available. On it, I talk with comics writer Kevin Church about the TNG episode Captain's Holiday. It's another episode where we get to see Picard out of uniform. So go check that out. Ella, thanks as always for joining me to talk about this uh, episode of Picard. Remind people where they can find you online. Yeah, we are Generations Geek, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, generationsgeek.com, Generations Geek on Twitter and Instagram. And we just posted um, a recap of uh, my experience. I went to this uh, this VR uh, experience in London uh, that was based on the War of the Worlds musical. Oh, neat. Um, and it was mind-blowing, and it's a great story. And I went by myself. It was a whole thing. It's <laughs> it's really fun, so everyone can check that out. Is this a, like a you put the goggles on and uh... yeah, some of it, some of it was some of it was goggles on, like total VR stuff, like looking up at the um, what are they at the tripods, and then exactly. some of it was like um, almost like more when you go to an escape room and it's like a set with like actors, like we found like this wounded soldier and like somebody like served us like crackers at one point, and then like all the lights went out. It was it was terrifying and amazing. It, like I can't, <laughs> it was crazy. That sounds so great. I haven't been to a theme park in you know since I was young, you know, a long time, and uh, I've been looking at uh, YouTube videos of like the uh, Rise of the Resistance, like Star Wars Galaxy. <gasps> oh my god, me too. It looks crazy. Yeah, it and, looks like, amazing. You can't tell. I'm sure that everybody in there is an animatronic, right? Like, almost. But they, but they look so real. Yeah, there's a couple yeah. people that are like, yeah, we'll go this way, go left, go right. Yeah. But it's just like the way that uh, Disney has. I mean, we're gonna have synths pretty soon if Disney's <laughs> in control because these people are really real. <laughs> uh, Gooey, thanks for being on the show. Uh, what's coming up on yeah, virtual theater? Um, we just had an episode of about Ace Attorney come out. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Phoenix Wright adaptation, right? And uh, we're going to be releasing next uh, episode about the first episode of The Witcher on Netflix. We oh. we didn't want to do the whole season because well, yeah. that's that's too much. But we we dipped our toes in the water of that. So, have you done TV shows before? We did the first season of Castlevania on Netflix because it's oh, yeah, yeah, four yeah. twenty minute episodes. So it was about a movie length, which fits our. We do like a play-by-play, basically the whole movie, and you know, say what we liked about every scene. So it worked for that, and um, that was great. So we're probably going to do that for season two, even though it's a little bit longer at some point. Nice. And what's coming up on backtracking? Um, Well, we just had come out today our episode about the thing, and uh, I don't, I can't even remember the. The Enterprise episode, it was the name of it. but uh, Regeneration? Regeneration, that's it. The and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, Borg, Thing, Zombies. That was that was a great pairing, I thought. Yeah. What do we got? Our next episode is uh, Starship Mine, uh, which is, uh, or no, what's it called? God, I'm bad with the... With oh, the the names enemy, today. Starship Mine was the first episode. <laughs> that was the very first episode. Yeah. <laughs> enemy Mine. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, bears a lot of similarity to Darmok, apparently. I still haven't watched it yet, so but we'll see how that goes. It looks like it at face value. <laughs> we'll peek behind the curtain. Okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Uh, go check that out, people. Uh, and that's it for us. Thanks for listening, everybody. We are signing off. This is Aaron for Ella and Gooey saying live long and prosper. 